0: What's up, everybody? Salted of strangles here, aka the Kimura King, aka the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. Today I have um Cameron Ross coming on, and he's a very interesting strength and conditioning page on Instagram that I've been following for a while, and I really like. I agree with a lot of the things he shows. He really thinks outside the box, and I thought. I wanted to call him to learn a little more from him, but then I thought, why not just bring him on the podcast and let's all learn a thing or two. Uh, his Instagram is at cross-trainingbjj with a K. Um, and before you tune into that episode, you, you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. Go to my Instagram at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Follow me, share the episode. My gym's Instagram at Immortals jiu my podcast Instagram at Rambling Rack. Check out my website, immortalsjujitsu.com. If you are in the North Jersey area, come in for a free class, all right? Also, check out my instructional Sultan of Strangles Scarf Hold series. If you want to learn how to put people to sleep with the camel crusher like I did on the show, Who's Next? Definitely check it out. All right, guys, hope you have a wonderful time and enjoy the episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, Mike. Can you hear me? Much better. Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't know we were gonna go just recording. I thought we were gonna do video. So that's my.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You know, when I when I first uh, when I when I first wanted to do a podcast, right? I'm like, where do I buy a mic? Where do I buy this? Where do I buy that?
1: Yeah, I, I get it. Was
0: like, just use Anchor. Do it on your phone, and um, it's grown. It's grown pretty significantly. Maybe I will invest in some other stuff. Um, but for now, you know, audio is the easiest for me. You know yeah totally agree um
1: most of my podcasts i listen to anyway is exactly same only, here so i think that's totally fine i think the video format of podcasts is uh, not quite there yet so I'm, I'm sure this is fine
0: yeah it's cool like there's some podcasts where they're using graphs and stuff and i like to sure. uh you know see that but most I'm, I'm just listening to most of them
1: yeah oh yeah i usually do it when i'm driving or working out or something same here all right i'm
0: gonna give you a quick intro and then we okay. start. does that sound good Yeah, sounds great, man. Let's do it. All right. What's up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here. And I'm here with a very special guest today, Cameron Ross. If you guys follow him on Instagram, it's at Um, Crosstraining. What really attracted me to his page was the the movements that he shows they're very unorthodox a lot of them are full range of motion movements and a lot of them apply really much to jiu-jitsu and i've been trying a lot of them and they really work so i thought why not bring him on the podcast and uh have the listeners be exposed and maybe we could talk have some good conversations too man welcome to the podcast brother
1: Hey, Mike, I really appreciate you having me on. You know, I haven't had a lot of people do intros on me because I haven't been on a ton of podcasts, Uh and I actually pronounce my Instagram page K Ross Training BJJ,
0: but cross training
1: training BJJ kind of makes sense, too, with uh, everything I'm doing uh, off the mats.
0: That's so funny. Yeah, I never looked at it as K Ross. I looked at it as cross training because, um, you know... Uh, I thought it was like a little spin, you know, your last name and your first name, but also cross training in jujitsu and weightlifting.
1: Man, maybe I should lean into that. I like it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, so let me know. Um, let me know uh, what what got you started. Sure. Um, what what made you passionate about uh, lifting the way you do and training jujitsu?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, first fell in love with uh, football when I was in high school and college and uh, played a couple years at a Division two school, um, but uh, really liked the training aspect a little bit more than the on the field stuff and uh, ended up just hanging up the helmet and going mm-hmm. to school. Then my next passion was uh, related to training. I was an avid power lifter. I uh, got my total to a decent number. Uh, nothing crazy, but I was fairly strong. Then I ran into some low back issues, um, kept getting hurt. So I transitioned kind of out of that. And then since starting, uh, I work in law enforcement. We do a little ground defense, defensive tactics, and it kind of sparked my interest in grappling. And I didn't wrestle in high school, and I wish I would have now. But Uh uh, um, it kind of piqued my interest. And then when uh, my wife and I moved to uh, Idaho, And I kind of fell into my current career where I was going to be long-term, got through the academy and then signed up at a jujitsu school. And that was, uh, four, a little over four years ago. Wow. And, uh, so I've been training for four, four and a half years and, uh, just been super passionate about, um, training and, uh, the strength and conditioning side of jujitsu. Um, due to my work schedule, I work four on four off, so I kind of had to find, ways to get better off the mats, uh, because I wasn't able to hit class as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just fell into the solo drills, the core work, the grip work. Um, cause I had the time I had a couple days during, uh, that four day work week to really focus on strength training. So I've just been, uh, tweaking it ever since doing research and, uh, obsessive over, uh, what the, the best in the game are doing, um, for as far as jujitsu strength conditioning and, uh, two years ago, I started my Instagram page just to share some value with people. She really show people what I'm doing. Um, and uh, about a year ago, it really started to take off. And uh, now I'm connecting with a ton of people, including you. So it's been really, really cool. You have you have what, like
0: 100,000 followers now? Yeah,
1: it's, uh, I just hit 50,000, like two or three months ago. And then I must have got really tight with the algorithm because they pushed it out to everyone who could benefit from my page and yeah, uh,
0: it showed up on my uh it
1: showed up on my explore page and i'm like oh this right. is pretty
0: cool
1: and and that's just the instagram and social media these days is they're they're kind of treating it like uh i don't know like youtube where your your feed will show up to things that they think you're interested in mm-hmm. so they kind of figured out that hey i'm i'm in the market of people that uh love jujitsu are looking for some strength uh conditioning mobility stuff and uh the just took off so had a couple of viral posts but i've just been really consistent posting six to seven times a week uh every day and um we're here so i'm gonna continue to ride the
0: wave how do you schedule your posts do you do you have like uh, one sunday you schedule everything or is it spur of the moment kind of thing
1: uh so i've got a bunch of videos that i've filmed that are kind of like um in my Uh, back pocket, so I've got plenty of content on my phone, and um, I spend you know probably 20 or 30 minutes uh researching what I'm going to post, uh, get a good caption on there, and then and then throw it out there. So it's kind of spur of the moment. I like to post between 11 and 1, that seems to be the best time for people who follow me. Um, going back to work, uh, when I get really busy, I kind of have to batch some content, but uh, what was work back for me is just once a day, and I usually take Sundays off, kind of uh get away from social media for a little bit, which is nice.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: once a day seems to be a happy medium for me. That's pretty much what I do. I post
0: at lunchtime. And, yeah, that's uh, perfect. I've been experimenting on um, – Sure. I've been experimenting what time. Sometimes I'll post six because everyone gets out of work at that time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do mornings because everyone's on their way to work looking at their phone, you know. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so- you really just have to experiment with it and kind of keep your hand or your pulse on the uh, – the trends and what the algorithm doing and of course it's it's short form content it's reels it's people it's you know hooking people in it's providing enough value that they want to come back um, so i kind of play the game a little bit but at the same time i'm just sharing what i'm doing and what i think could help others as well and i've gotten a ton of really good feedback and it's been uh, quite the ride do
0: you do you um
1: do you i don't know if i checked Do you
0: have a youtube channel i do uh
1: it's it's basically my jujitsu jitsu matches i don't compete a ton but i've done about 10 tournaments so okay. i've got some longer uh longer form content on there but uh, most of my youtube is just uh my instagram videos um and i i'm able to organize them a little bit better sure. um, what what's stopping you from doing youtube shorts you know, I just haven't uh, uh, dived into them. I mean, I'm doing shorts because I'm I'm repurposing my Instagram videos. I save them to my phone and then I upload them to YouTube. Yeah. So they are a YouTube short. Um, I just don't know if they're exactly what YouTube is looking for. I just haven't really looked at the YouTube tics, uh, tricks and uh, you know of the trade. Uh, I'll,
0: I'll put my Instagram. I'll put my Instagram videos on uh, YouTube yep. and TikTok. Okay. And sometimes they'll do good. Sometimes they won't. I don't know. It's, I wish they would tell us what they want, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of the same
1: way. Um, I kind of understand what Instagram's looking for. So it, it already takes up enough of my time. So I, I just haven't ventured into, I tried TikToks a little bit, but it's just not my style. (laughs) same here same here i just can't i can't get into it man no i can't either and youtube's cool uh but it's also a lot of time uh doing those longer form content stuff so maybe down the road uh, but right now i'm uh, pretty comfortable with instagram nice uh is your
0: channel monetized yet for
1: youtube or instagram
0: instagram it is
1: so i uh I'm getting money from uh, the reels, real views. Uh-huh. Um, it, they're bonuses. And it's nothing crazy. Um, I think I think my first month of reels I made like hundred and fifty bucks total. And then my next month was like two seventy five. And then this one I'm looking at like three, four hundred. So it's it's getting better, right. but the the <laughs> the amount of views you've gotta to get to like make a lot of money Ma- it's it's a lot. is a lot is just stupid. So it's now, it's nice to have come too- in a little bit.
0: YouTube, they have the partnership program, and um,
1: you know you can make a legit living off that. Yeah, totally. And uh, I've looked into that, but uh, you need a thousand subscribers, which I'm pretty close to. Yeah. But you need a lot of a lot of watch time. And with yeah. uh, YouTube Shorts, I don't know if I'll ever hit the amount of watch time I'm needed to monetize on YouTube. I know, right? Uh, so, so yeah.
0: Um. So yeah. Uh. I also come from a powerlifting background. Cool. Um, it's so funny because like you said, the training aspect more than the field aspect, right. every, every man in America's lifting story is this, that I wanted to get big for football. So freshman year, I started lifting it's Every right. story. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I've been lifting since I was freaking 12 years old just because nice. I always loved it. Uh-huh. And I've kind of strayed away from powerlifting, um, okay. not because of lower back problems, because I just, it burns me out. If I, I'm doing sure. one rep maxes and trying to go to jiu-jitsu, I just can't do that. So I've been doing a lot more yeah. like knees over toes guy type of For stuff. Sure. Yeah, so what, what, what made you go away from powerlifting to your current regimen?
1: Kind of the same thing. Uh, I tried to keep the big three in with uh, bench squat and deadlift uh, as I got back into jiu-jitsu or got into jujitsu, um, but uh, it, it really taxed my body. And I felt like, a yeah, I was getting stronger, but I just didn't really feel a ton better on the mats. Yeah. And um, so I started experimenting with kind of your, your uh, different types of uh, strength training with like your single leg, your balance stuff, your core work um got into some like kind of crazy like offset offloading banded stuff i just don't want to steer too far away from like a, a legit lift because i feel like it's just if you get way too away from it it's just kind of a circus act to be honest yeah uh and then uh then i ventured into um uh, grip training which i've really enjoyed uh kind of training my grip kind of like arm wrestlers um I yeah i saw that i took a lot from daniel strauss
0: yeah, yeah, that's 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 awesome.
1: I see a lot of his stuff. Yeah, Daniel um, Strauss is the man. He's got a really good grip grip program. I think it's called uh Grip for Apes or something grip like that. Grip for he's, Apes. Cause he or Ape Ape Grip or something like that. Cause he's the he's got a, a funny a Raspberry Ape is his uh kind of nickname. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go to his Instagram, uh Daniel Strauss, Raspberry Ape, um his grip program is cool because it wasn't just exercises to do, it was more categories to do your grip work in. And I kind of took that and ran with it. And I rotate categories uh, each time I train. And it's and
0: what are the categories for me? It's pinch. It's it's regular holds, um, mm-hmm. and then we have you know the actual forearm work like reverse forearm curls and whatnot.
1: Yeah, so pretty similar. Um, I've got like finger strength where I'll I'll basically do what a lot of climbers do. Um, a lot of like your fabric, your ghee, uh, your you know your your hangs with your fingers just to to get like. You're basically, if you you want to be really good at the gi, you've got to be, you know, have some pretty strong fingers. Yeah. Um, I've got wrist deviation. So you're looking at like you're, you know, throwing out a fishing pole almost with your wrist and Uh doing it the other way. Okay. Um, We've got open hand support, which basically means anything you're gripping that your fingers don't touch. So your fat grips, your uh, really thick handled bars. Okay. Um, And then you've got wrist flexion and extension, like you said, with your forearm work. Got it. Um, vertical gripping, which I thought was interesting where you're, you're grabbing like a, a cylinder, making your wrist deviate forward. And it's just so like, like an arm wrestling workout. Yeah, yeah. Similar. It's like you're grabbing someone an on an arm drag. Yeah, your
0: yeah, your yeah. wrist
1: is going to be kinked forward. And, and you, if you train that angle and able to be really strong in that grip, Daniel Strauss talked about how it's changed his no-gi game a lot. Uh, and, um, we've got What's that? I missed
0: the first two. What was before open hand support? Sure. Uh, open hand support
1: was uh, finger strength and wrist deviation. Finger strength. Yeah. And then wrist deviation. A wrist deviation is like
0: holding a hammer and flexing it upwards, right? Flexing it forward and flexing it back. Yeah. Okay.
1: So if you're like finishing a lapel choke and you're kind of, you're like going fishing with your, your wrist, that's yeah. wrist deviation and, uh, and, or like finishing, a uh, uh, like a bow and arrow choke, I guess you'd say, or, or something, got it. uh, open hand support, uh, and then wrist flexion and extension, your typical, like wrist rollers or, yeah. you know, your uh, wrist curls with the bar, your, that's your typical stuff when people <laughs> think about grip training. Um, and then we got vertical grip,
0: yep. finger strength. Okay. So that's, all,
1: so that's five categories, right? Yeah. I got a couple more for you. Oh yeah. Let's hear them. Uh, cupping. Now this is straight from arm wrestling. So basically it's, if you, uh, kind of made a cup with your hand and then Uh maintain that cup as you pulled. And what this reminds me of is if you're like going up under someone's armpit and grabbing the back of their tricep and arm dragging them across, it's that grip right there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cupping grip. So that's kind of hard to train. I've got a couple of devices from, uh, wristball.net that uh, help me with that. Or if you just basically get something that's really thick or that you can't even grab onto, but you can kind of cup your hand around, that's going to help with your cupping strength. Okay. And then we've got wrist supination and pronation where you're basically, instead of the flexion and extension, you're turning your hand over and opening your hand up. I had a video on this for like elbow, elbow health supination, and pronation. Pronation, yep. And then we've got your uh, pinching, like you said, where you're like grabbing two plates. I really like that grip. That's kind of a hand strengthening thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like open hand support, you've got closed hand support. So that's when your ha- fingers are, are close together and, and they're you're like making a fist, but grabbing something like a thin rope or, or a lapel or uh, like a spider grip.
0: Okay, closed. And then the,
1: and, and then the last one is uh, hooking. And hooking is, uh, if you think about arm, um, uh, doing like a hard collar tie and you're okay. hooking around their neck and you're pulling in, that is straight out from wrestling, arm wrestling. And it's called hooking. Oh, uh, I used to,
0: I couldn't afford a pull-up bar. So I just found a tree oh, a giant fucking just a branch. And I would yeah. literally, I couldn't get my fingers around. So I would hook it Yeah. and I would do my pull-ups like that. And my forearms got fucking massive from
1: that. Yeah. That's killer. So within those categories, there's some that are really, really good for no-gi and, re- and pretty good for gi. I'm going to be switching over to a no-gi focus uh, this weekend. Actually, I'm back on the mats, and uh, I'm excited to see what my, all my grip training feels like when I get a hold of someone or pull them Oh, in my and, man. You came over to the dark side. I like it. I did, yeah. it's uh, At my, my, my previous school, uh, it was like 90% gi, and it was just kind of an IBJJF competitive school. That's really every good. freaking school in America. Yeah, really good gi jiu-jitsu. I mean, top level. Um, as a purple belt, I feel like I go toe-to-toe with the brown and blacks uh, around the area. And uh, But we just never train nogi. Um, I mean, I, I probably have 200 hours of no gi practice out of the 1,000 hours I've had. So I'm actually making a gym switch to the, one of the best no gi schools in the area. And uh, we're going to be focusing on that for a while. I'm excited.
0: What's the name of the school?
1: Uh, Egley Train Boise. It's nice. uh, Michael Egley's school. He's a Keenan Cornelius Black Belt from California. Nice. He's, actually, he's actually an alternate for AD, ADCC, so we might okay. see um, But if you Google his name, he's been on Fight to Win a uh, couple big big uh, big tournaments. Um, but he started a school here, and uh, it's blown up because uh, he goes 50-50. If you want, uh, no gee, or you can focus on one or the other. That's kind of why my
0: school blew up. Every freaking yep. school is gi here. And I'm like, yeah, my school is exclusively no gi. Oh, they nice. like, no, you need to have a variety. I'm like, absolutely not. Watch That's me. hilarious. Well, all the no
1: gangsters are here. Nice. Eggly's school, would it's typically, if you've got a morning uh, no gi class, you're going to have an afternoon gi class and then vice versa. So the whole week, if you want to focus on one, you can, or you can just go straight 50-50. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, John Danaher's classes, the way they worked is –
0: he, he put on a gi, he taught a gi technique, and then he would teach a no nogi. So the class would be half and half. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty wild. That is cool. Um, so as far as moving on from powerlifting to yep. the current program, um, I, I just was doing barbell work for such mm-hmm. a long time because mm-hmm. I could care less how much I could dumbbell press. Right. And I noticed there was a massive, massive discrepancy with my left and right side.
1: Okay, some imbalances, yeah.
0: My left side is still to this day significantly stronger than my right. And when I do uh, when I do unilateral work, it's, it's really scary because my right side is so freaking weak. Interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. And also from playing a lot of sports, you know, your righty, your yeah. left leg is usually your base leg, right, for throwing and all that. Right. It's a lot more work that way. So I got a
1: huge imbalance because of that. I've noticed that definitely, uh, with, um, my legs, uh, with like single leg work, I'll notice one side feels a lot more stable. I'm able to sit in the pocket a little bit more. I'm able to be a little bit stronger. And my go-to when my low back fires up is switch over to single leg work and, and balance that out. And it seems to really make my hips and low back feel a ton better. So i right. I like the, I like the single leg work one, because it allows me to go lighter and it's a little bit safer in the gym. And two, it corrects those imbalances and deficiencies, like you said. Yeah
0: how would you how would you suggest uh, fixing imbalances? Some people tell me to do an extra set or two on the right side, but I don't know how I feel about that.
1: Um, if I was at a serious imbalance, I would probably just be be patient with my progressive overload, and I would be okay with. Uh, one side feeling a little bit stronger and the other one not, and as they as they as you continue to train, I think they'll balance each other out. I kind of ran into this a little bit. Uh, I had shoulder surgery in April, and I trained one side of my body for like six weeks, so I didn't basically use my right arm at all. And a lot of people were asking me, "Well, how are you going to rebalance it out?" And uh, I basically just Kept what I was doing with my left and slowly brought in the right one. Didn't do any extra for the right one. Didn't do any additional exercises or additional reps. And it started just to eventually balance each other out because the body wants to be pretty much pretty symmetrical if you let it be. So Yeah, there,
0: there's actually studies on this. It happened to a bunch of my friends that yeah. just work their left side um, when they hurt their right side. And then yep. the, 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 the other side catches up so much faster.
1: Oh, yeah. It did not take long. I mean, I was my uh, my right side and my right arm was was putting size back on very, very quickly once I was able to uh, use a little bit of weight. So highly recommended. Awesome.
0: So um, what would you say is unique about your program when compared to other programs? Because There's a lot of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's the knees over toes guy, which I love. We got the barefoot sprinter. We got a lot of cool uh, channels and what would you say makes yours, uh, stand out from the others or unique? Sure.
1: Uh, well, first I have not ventured down, uh, the, the, uh, coaching programming route yet. Um, right now it's just me tinkering with my own programming. However, um, I get a ton of people asking me if I would program for them. And, uh, I've had some companies reach out that want to partner with me and do a lot of backend work so I can, uh, reach out a lot of people and not, you know, because I have a full time job already, so I can't yeah. like spend all my time. So I'm interested in dipping my toe a little bit in helping people out because I think I can uh, um, help them with their programming and some, some mobility stuff. But I think what makes mine unique is um, I, I do a ton of research on like um, how to structure the workout in a way that it'll benefit you the most uh, on the mats. So, and I'm constantly experimenting with how I'm feeling. So I'm kind of like my own Guinea pig. So I've kind of molded my program to one, not take forever. Cause I know people would, most people that are obsessed with jujitsu, maybe don't love lifting. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we get into the gym, you know, two to four times a week? How do we get a little bit stronger safely? How do we increase our mobility, increase our resilience to those vulnerable areas? And then keep it kind of fresh with your rotating exercises with the grip and the core. So, um, I may be trying to program too much, but, uh, it keeps my exercise, uh, my workouts fun. And, um, all, all my, everything I do in my training, I always think about, is this going to help with me in jujitsu? And if it's not, why am I doing it? Um, so yeah, generally my workouts start with some mobility and resilience training. And then I hit some big movements, usually uh, pull, some type of, uh, deadlift or squat variation, and then maybe a press. And then I do some core grip work and then I'm out. So, um, I think it's something that it's just going to benefit you enough. And, um, man really with strength training, it's mostly for longevity. I mean, you can get a lot stronger and of course increase your strength, but if you're doing it correctly, it's going to keep you safer on the mats. It's going to help you, um maybe do a little better in your matches but for most part it's going to it's going to prevent some injuries.
0: You're pretty much working on bulletproofing
1: more than Absolutely. Yeah, I mean I, I've gone down the let's get as strong as we can but well, there's so much diminishing returns. I know. Um with uh, the risk of you know putting on a ton of strength and um and it, it's great but I I specifically have a decent um base of strength. So um if as long as you're doing some type of strength training off the mats, you're ahead of the game. Cause some people don't. Um, but it has gotta be balanced. It's gotta be enough to, uh, work on your weaknesses, get you a little bit stronger. And then, uh, ultimately just help you on the mats.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I noticed that, uh, there's a lot of old school guys in Jiu Jitsu that still tell people uh, lifting weights is gonna hurt your jujitsu. Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna make you slower. Support for Rambling with Rack is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code RAK, Rack at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Guys, Manscaped has truly changed my life. Y'all know Middle Eastern men. We got some serious dense forestry down there. I have tried everything. I've tried the over-the-counter buzzers i have tried straight razors i have tried regular razors and nothing has made manscaping easier than manscaped all right guys so the performance package 4.0 by manscaped has arrived and oh man is it a game changer inside this package you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Guys, the ball deodorant, all right? Let's say you're on your last set of leg press at the gym, and your girl hits you up, says, what are you doing? You don't have time to take a shower. You just take a quick little um, whiff of that ball deodorant, wipe down there, and head over to her house. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. The trimmer is a future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is a waterproof and also has 400k LED spotlight you need for more precise shaves. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Guys... As an Iranian man, I could attest to you that when using a regular buzzer, uh, if you go to my bathroom floor, it literally looks like you just entered the Amazon rainforest. So having the trimmer right now has made my job so much easier. You thought that was good. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with code word RAK, R-A-K. Get 20% off free shipping with the code R-A-K at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code word R-A-K. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. It's this and right. that. H- How do you think we could uh, educate those people on, you know, t- to stop, to stop making those types of uh, statements? You know, I try to, and they're like, no, trust me. You lift, right. You're going to get stiff. And I'm like, if you look at the top
1: of the top, everyone does strength and conditioning. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because we're starting to become a little bit smarter with our jujitsu training i've noticed at the top i mean even like the top guys they're not training four times a day you know they're they're being very specific on when they train of course they're training one or, once or twice a day but one of them is maybe more of a you know, technique and drilling and the other one is some sparring um so if you can get better um by not having to do more jujitsu i think it's just going to benefit you in the long run um longevity wise because jujitsu beats us up a little bit. And uh, like you said, bulletproofing. And if you're doing strength training right, it, it should make you more mobile and uh, help with, um, you know, those end range of motion type movements. And I don't know if those old school guys have dealt with some injuries, but I, I would assume they would. Um, and, and another thing is just balancing out all the negative aspects that jujitsu does, like the rounded over posture and the constant pulling and the. You know, the, you know, the things that you you get off training and you're like, yeah, I need to, I need to balance this out or I'm going to be hurting in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, I noticed uh, you got
1: the jujitsu posture where people are leaned over, back
0: slouched because that's the position you are when you play guard and stuff. Yep, yep. And I feel like jujitsu, we get very little posterior chain work, right? Right.
1: So a lot of my strength training is geared towards that posterior chain. I do a mm-hmm. shit ton of upper back and rear delt work, kind of open up and uh, keep that structure there. And uh, I think the biggest thing, at least I've noticed, especially with my posts, is that jujitsu guys, their shoulders tend to hurt, you know, their low back sometimes tends to hurt and they have some hip issues. So um, my training is just attacking those weaknesses and then uh, getting a little bit stronger in the in the, the pulling and the grip work and the uh, the core. Yeah, you know, I'll,
0: I'll admit, man, I absolutely hate training my core. I hate yeah. the passion. The only core workout I do is that ab chair where you go, you put your arms in. Oh, and I nice. just lift your legs. Cause I absolutely hate everything else. Yeah.
1: So similar I, to the, uh, grip thing, what are yeah. your
0: categories for core? There's like anti-rotation rotation.
1: Sure. Totally. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of training my core either. So <laughs> I, I try to pick movements that are kind of fun to do. Um, yeah. and, uh, I do have some categories that I like to rotate through. Um, mm-hmm. you've got your anti stuff. So anti-rotation anti-lateral flexion uh and so could you just uh, give examples of uh, movements after you tell the names of course so your anti-rotation core movements um the big one is the paloff press where you you press out a band that's pulling you sideways so you're basically <laughs> resisting the rotation of the band yeah and that has a ton of carryover jiu-jitsu because people are always trying to turn and pull and if you you're, you're always resisting some type of angle right yeah um and then you have uh your anti-lateral flexion, um, a big one for me is is any type of uh, offset carry. So like your suitcase carry or your front rack carry. So okay. this is this is preventing your body from bending sideways, kind of like a side bend. Mm-hmm. You're you're keeping your core straight and stacked, um, which is great for your overall um, lower you back. You said belt.
0: suitcase carry, which
1: I know. What's your yeah. front raise carry? Uh, front rack carry. So you take a dumbbell and you you clean it, and then you have it kind of front rack in front of your chest. So just one that, dumbbell, though. Yeah, just one dumbbell because okay. that's on one side. Anytime you're one side, basically when you're standing up and one side, that's anti-lateral flexion. Another good ones are like side planks. Side anything plank. that's anything that's forcing your body to to bend sideways. Uh, if you're resisting that, that's basically anti-lateral flexion. Got it. And then the final one, anti flexion. Um, this one is awesome for jiu jitsu as well. If you think about carrying something in front of you, like a heavy medicine ball or a zercher squat, kind of your old school movement that we're going to talk about in a bit, um, mm-hmm. that anti flexion, flexing your back forward, um, it's just like someone grabbing your collar and pulling them, pulling you forward to off base you, yeah. right? or you're in their guard and you're trying to posture up. That anti flexion is going to really help you. Do you do any you
0: uh Hussifel stone carries?
1: I haven't, but that's a perfect example of a uh, anti flexion exercise. I do loaded carries twice a week, or at least uh, I rotate through three ex- uh, through strength training days, and two of them have either an anti lateral flexion carry or an anti flexion carry. So hussafel. Stone would be a, a hell of a training stimulus. Yeah, my whole my whole jujitsu game
0: is body lock passing and hell yeah. takedowns are body locks. Yep. So I love doing josefa.
1: I feel like that translates really well. That's yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I can see uh, translating a, a, a ton. Um, and then your opposite of that is you have your rotational stuff like wood chops or um, you know cable wood chops or your your sledgehammer on a tire. Anything that's like medicine ball, throw sideways, that rotational power for for basically like sweeps or throws or, Uh you know, generating momentum. Got it. And then you've got your stability work, which I don't go crazy. Yeah, I don't go crazy with stability work. Um, A lot of it is like single leg stuff, so it may not look quote unquote core. But uh, one thing I did recently was I got on a BOSU ball in a plank position and I just raised one of my legs back and forth. So when okay. I raised one of my legs, I had to stabilize that upper body until I could switch legs. So 100%. I, there's a, there's a component to that, I think, to jujitsu. So we have anti-rotation
0: and rotation. Yep. We have anti-lateral flexion. And
1: we, what about um, flexion? Lateral flexion? I mean, well, I guess you could side bends was, uh, if you, if you wanted to, I don't really train that. Um, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't a hyper extension be a flexion? It could. Yeah. So if you were, um, if you're working anti-flexion and then flexion, if you did, uh, like a back raise or, Got it. yeah, uh, the back reverse, raises saved my lower back or reverse hyper. Yeah. Back raises. And I'm a big fan of the knees over toes guys, single leg back raises. Those are hard as hell, but, um, man, they, they really fire up that glute and hamstring and low back in a different way. Cause you're only doing one side. So what would sit-ups or leg raises be? Sure. Uh, that's an example of hip flexion and there's, a, those are important. So just as I noticed it, if I'm, if I'm, uh, have someone in my closed guard and like what Danaher says is you're kind of driving your knees into their armpits and pulling them on top of you to break down their posture. Mm-hmm. That's an example of hip flexion. Yeah. And yeah, then just a couple was... other ones, uh, crawling. Have you ever crawled much for core? Absolutely brutal. <laughs> I mean, I do bear
0: crawls to warm yeah, up sure. because nothing makes me sweat easier, but yeah. I didn't really consider it a
1: core. You, so that's a core workout. Yeah. So if you, if you slow down your crawl and do a couple of the animal movements that i posted recently, um, it just destroys your whole body. I mean, it's, it's a, I call it a core exercise. Um, it's, uh, or anything like in your your four your bear your bear crawl stance where you're maybe doing a sit out or your um your you're going up as a technical stand up. Anytime you're in that like four point stance, your your core is pretty lit up. Yeah, nothing, nothing, um, nothing
0: opens my shoulders up better than bear crawls. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's why I'll do like hundred yard bear crawls, and I notice at the end like my shoulders feel so much better.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just cause there's, there's a, there's a constant, as you reach out, you're kind of opening the shoulder up. And then as you, as you pull you're you have a kind of an isometric, uh, hold with the shoulder and you're increasing stability in that. So I, I get, I can see how there's a ton of blood flow and uh, movement in the shoulder after you, after you do it. Interesting. So did we cover all the, uh, the core, the core stuff? stuff? Yeah. The final one that I've been playing around with, and I've seen guys like Phil Derue. uh, he's an MMA trainer. Um, yeah. And a couple other guys that I follow, it's contralateral work. So anytime you're, you're pushing and pulling at the same time and uh, you can set up like Kate, like opposing cables where I'll pull the cable with my left arm and I'll push the cable with my right arm. Mm-hmm. Or you'll, you'll set up where you down from a, a squat rack and press up a kettlebell. So you're, yeah. you're doing opposite movements. Um, it's kind of hard to figure out how to do them. I saw Phil DeRue, he was on a leg press and he was pressing the leg press with one leg and he was pulling a band uh, with one of his arms. And that's, that's jujitsu for you. You're especially with like sweeps, you're, you're pushing and pulling at the same time. So if I can train a little bit of that in the gym, um, I think there's some high carryover to it. You know what,
0: what a lot of people don't realize is, is a really good contralateral workout? Yes,
1: mm-hmm. the, the assault bike. Yeah, totally. Push Because and pull, if you sure. want
0: to be really good at it, you have to
1: push and pull at the same time. You can't just push. Yeah, I, uh, the assault bike is one of my favorite conditioning tools. We don't really have a good one at my gym, but if we did, man, those things are brutal. You don't have the Echo? We don't, not at the gym I train at. We just have like an old school fan one. So I don't, I haven't spent a ton of time on it, but, mm-hmm. um, my wife trains CrossFit and they've got some, uh, really nice, uh, assault bikes and, uh, they're brutal. If you, if you hammer down on them. Yeah. We, um, at my gym, we just, uh, we all chipped in 50 bucks and we oh, got nice. an assault bike. It's so, perfect, man. If you, you can do, you can do so many type of workouts. And I'm i I'm a big fan of, uh, anaerobic type conditioning off the mats because the, the actual jujitsu training is so, uh, aerobic kind of your longer endurance, type stuff and it so, depends
0: on your training
1: partner if your training partner sure. doesn't
0: want to go hard you're not for sure. a session
1: especially i mean unless you're you're you know 80cc grounds where you're wrestling it's usually a little bit slower so if i'm getting a lot of that in my training i try to do that short burst short rest uh type type conditioning and i got that from uh joshua settlage uh the bjj strength coach on instagram he's a big fan of anaerobic stuff for his, his guys settlage Setledge. and his name yeah. is what his instagram name is i think uh the bjj strength coach on instagram if you follow him, he's a solid guy he works with uh phil deru he's down in uh sacramento at mark bell's gym so wait the whole time i thought phil deru was from england no i don't think so uh, deru strong yeah deru strong yeah oh wow okay he trains um, uh, fighters like uh, Justin Poirier, Yvonne, um, John J. Chicks. Sorry, I'm butchering her name. But he's, uh, he's probably on the leading edge of MMA, grappling, strength conditioning stuff. So if I ever purchased a legit program and learned to, uh, his methods, uh, I'd probably go with him. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I took a seminar with
0: uh, Mighty Mouse's uh, conditioning coach. Okay. And I always, you know, people people that want to get their cardio good, they'll do like long jogs or those right. sprints. But this guy said you have to do all forms, which is the right. steady-state cardio, the sprints, mm. and the medium-state cardio. Uh huh. Yeah, and I didn't know that uh, that you sure. have to do all three, and you know, two sessions of this, two sessions of that. So, what would you say is ideal for someone going into a tournament? How much cardio of what type should they be
1: training? Sure, I think going into a tournament, uh, your main focus should be, you know, more open mat rounds, you know, more jujitsu, um, you know, not taking any time off, um, pushing into that red red zone, and mm-hmm. finishing out the round hard. So that's that's your number one priority. You never want to stop training jujitsu. What's up, guys? This
0: podcast is now sponsored by ExpressVPN. Sending data over an unencrypted internet connection is like sending a postcard. Your message is wide open for the mailman and any of those other nosy people to see. Whether you're connected to an unencrypted internet network on your phone, computer, tablet, TV, etc. you're sending countless pieces of information into the digital world that can be seen and intercepted by many different parties before they get to your intended destinations. Guys, go to expressvpn.com R-A-K for three months and a discount if you use my code. I will leave the link in the description. But a VPN or virtual private network creates a secure tunnel between your device and the internet. In other words, it puts an envelope around your postcard so no one could sneak a peek at your private correspondence expressvpn protects you from hackers who try to steal your private information every time you connect to an unencrypted wi-fi network at airport hotels coffee shops or even at home you're at risk a hacker connected to the same unencrypted wi-fi network can steal your personal info with only basic computer knowledge the hacker could even gain access to your passwords financial details or even your emails expressvpn encrypts your internet connection using the highest standard of encryption currently available. If you'd like to take a hacker with a supercomputer billions of years to crack. Guys, I will not name what countries I've been to because I don't want to get killed, but I've been to some countries where Instagram, Facebook, social media is completely blocked by a firewall. And the only way you could view those things is a VPN. And thank God I had Express VPN on my visits and it made everything easy. I like to use DraftKings, which is a sports betting app. And if I'm not in New Jersey, it says, oops, not in New Jersey. You can't bet. But guess what? ExpressVPN, baby. I say, guess what, guys? I am in New Jersey, and I put my bets in. Another thing I like to do with ExpressVPN, let's say you're watching a YouTube video and it says not available in your country or song, not available in your country. Guess what? I'm going to make my VPN in whatever country I got to be to listen if you're trying to get married to someone rich overseas um put your vpn in new york city even though you live in timbuktu get matched with someone uh, fall in love and move over there all right your internet service provider can see everything you do us isps can legally sell your data to ad companies uk and australian icps are required to keep logs of websites you visit the apps you use in the private conversations you have for one to two years. Governments, large corporations, websites constantly survey you and harvest your data for their own agendas. ExpressVPN puts a stop to that by encrypting all your data and hiding your location. Hey guys, ever um, have a conversation with your friends about something and the next thing you know you're getting an ad? Yep, that's right. When you let your microphone um, give your microphone access to whatever app you're on, they could listen to whatever you're saying. You want to stop that? ExpressVPN, baby. ExpressVPN gives you unrestricted aspe- as, um, access to all parts of the internet. Many websites or apps are blocked or, res- or restricted depending on where you are in the world. Certain countries even censor the internet and don't let you access websites freely. Think of a YouTube video you weren't able to watch, a website you couldn't visit, or a sports match you were unable to stream. What about stuff that's cheaper in other countries like Spotify, subscriptions, flight tickets, online games? ExpressVPN allows you to reroute your connection to a server in a country of your choice, making geo-restrictions a thing of the past. All right, guys. uh, I hope you end up using uh, ExpressVPN. They're sponsoring the podcast. I'm going to put a link in the description. If you don't want to look at the link, it's expressvpn.com slash R-A-K. That is expressvpn.com slash R-A-K. Hope you guys use
1: it. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. You go do conditioning off, off the mats. uh uh-huh. Um, and then I would probably do that, that steady state, low steady state, uh, like an incline walk, uh, as more of a recovery. Um, uh, it's like your zone two type, type, uh, cardio where you're, you're at a, at a, at a clip where if someone was to talk to you on the phone, they could know you're working out, but you're not like breathing super hard.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's going to help with recovery. Um, and then, um. I think the medium would be taken care of with some of your more intense rounds on the mats. I would lean towards your like anaerobic type stuff where you're doing um, 15 to 30 second all out uh, type work. Um, and then you're resting for 30 to 90 seconds. So you're like at a one to three ratio and do uh-huh. like seven or eight rounds of that. The assault bike's a perfect option. The rowers a good option. So assault bike right. I do second sprint followed by 90 second rest yeah and that sprint's got to be all out like super super tough um and then i mean you can lower that if it's too much 15 and uh like 75 or you just want to have uh short really really explosive bursts of work uh and uh and then paired with a a decent amount of rest because it's kind of the opposite of what you do on the mats yeah and uh I've, I've seen that. I have really good carryover. Um, have you ever messed around with some nasal breathing? No. Um, I, I've, I've, you know, Wim Hof method, that's about it. Sure. So if you can pair some of your conditioning work uh, with some nasal breathing, um, one of the number one things I've done for my conditioning and cardio on the mats is learn to breathe through my nose and keep my mouth shut. It just keeps you calm. Uh, it slows your heart rate down. So if you can pair that with, some of your cardio work, whether it be um, I think uh, Joe DeFranco, he's a big fan of just taking a sip of water and holding it in your mouth as you do some of your conditioning work. Oh, wow. so you're you're forced to breathe. He's through my your original nose. coach, by the way. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, he I bought a couple of his programs. The dude's super legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a much different can... man back then, though.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was
1: anti-leg press, anti-machines. Now he's
0: all about the machines and stuff. Yeah. His, uh,
1: his rebuilt 2.0 program. I've taken a lot of his, uh, prime and mobility work, uh, (laughs) super legit. Uh, but yeah, or you could use mouth tape. Uh, Josh has his athletes mouth tape, uh, when they do, um, conditioning, obviously build up to this An easy way to do It's just on your low steady state cardio practice, breathing through your nose. Um, uh, I know I know that Phil DeRue, he has a lot of his guys uh, work nasal breathing stuff with some max breath holds. If you're interested in it and it kind of piques your interest, I would recommend reading The Oxygen Advantage. Uh, by I, have-
0: I have that. I got my ass whooped at a tournament.
1: And this, <laughs> yeah. guy, uh,
0: this guy just outgrinded me. And I'm like, how the fuck is your conditioning so good? And he sent me a copy of The Oxygen Advantage.
1: Yeah, because you know when someone's starting to gas, their mouth is open and they're breathing yeah. super heavy? And, you know, the, the killers are the ones that have their mouth closed and they're breathing calmly as they just wreck you. The one thing I didn't like about the oxygen
0: advantage is, uh-huh. bro, just teach me the skills I need to learn how to get, you know, learn. Yeah, he gives exactly. you the whole history of this. <laughs> yeah. and I don't care about yeah. how Neanderthals had bigger noses and stuff. Like, <laughs> right. You don't got to sell it to me, man.
1: I'm already trying to get better.
0: I know. Yeah. But I, I, I should definitely read that book again. I was doing it
1: for a while and I stopped. Yeah. Um, And then and then really quick on the cardio, I think a super underrated thing. And uh, a lot of people don't like this, but um, because of my work schedule, I got crazy into uh, solo drill movements and uh, one it as a white belt, it made me just killer on the mat because I was moving better than other white belts. And even Uh though I didn't know shit or didn't know any technique, I moved really well. So I learned technique quicker and I was able to pick up uh, the nuances a little bit faster because i've done you know a thousand shrimps um so what i did early on was i would mouth, uh use mouth tape and i'd force nasal breathing and i would do like minute goes of any type of uh solo drill whether it be technical get-ups uh sit-outs uh you know wrestling penetration shots uh sprawls uh even hip escapes or inversions i would do a ton of them and uh i'll tell you what if you can. If you can get really good at solo drills and able to uh, knock out a shit ton of them, you're just not going to get as tired on the mats because you're used to those movements. That's wild. I never thought of that. Yeah. I, I just did shrimps when my professor made us do them. Yeah, I mean, it's typically boring as and hell. That. And uh, I'm a big fan of, in jujitsu class, actual jujitsu movements for warm-ups, like your guard passing or, your, you know, like maybe like a little bit of flow rolls. I'm not a big fan of the line work. But at home, if you've got some spare time and you can't make it to the mats – it, it, it did help me a lot. So just, a, just, just some thoughts. Yeah, the solo drills. Uh, yeah. The solo drills with the mouth. Uh, with the, with the mouth tape, yeah. And then lately I've been getting into uh, Budokan University stuff with, uh, uh, I know, um, Hibero, uh, Zani Hibero, and, uh, man, he was on the last uh, card with, uh, he fought. So
0: his name is actually pronounced Shanji.
1: Shanji Averro, yeah. It's I, I spelled X
0: A N D E, but it's actually Shanji.
1: Shanji, okay. My He's bad. He's really I, good. He I, I apologize as really well. Um, and then uh, who fought? He uh, was the the co main event at uh, Gordon versus Felipe. Uh, Marigali and Lovato. Lovato. Lovato is another Budokan University guy. They're big on animal movements and like calisthenics stuff. So I bought mm-hmm. their mobility program to get back. Uh, get back ready to get on the mats and they've um, it's pretty good it's, it's very specific to uh, jujitsu movements for solo drills it's not your anything that's wasted so you'll see some animal drills and, and crawling patterns that I've taken from them in my upcoming posts. but it's just because I'm tired of all the hip escapes I want to do some stuff that I think will make me a little bit better just the movement in general and test the shoulder a little bit nice uh, do you do back bridges uh, like on my neck
0: uh, back bridges, like uh, on your neck and also on your hands.
1: I haven't. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the one on my neck because I've I've read I've read a little bit about it could damage it just because of the compression. I mean I know that there's been tons of wrestlers that do it and they're totally fine, but mm-hmm. I'm hesitant on adding compression into my cervical spine and flexion at the same time. (laughs) So uh, not that they're bad, you just have to be careful with them. But back bridges on your hand is a tremendous uh, shoulder exercise, upper back stability. Um, I need to try them because I'm getting to the point where I could probably do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great,
0: especially when you're on bottom mount or side control. Yeah. Getting that nice strong back bridge uh, using your hands, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. Um, when you squat, single leg, uh,
1: double leg, do you always go full flexion? Um, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of full range of motion stuff, unless it irritates the joint. Like if it's mm-hmm. pissing off my hips or pissing off my knees, then I'll back off. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, the knees over toes split squat because uh, of that. Forward motion like you're shooting in on a takedown. Um and um lately I've been working with Mike Bikarski, uh the Dr. Kickass on Instagram. Uh-huh. He he's a big fan of isometric work um to not only increase your mobility, but strengthen the joints. So he Dr. has Dr. Kickass. Dr. Kickass, yeah. He's he's a black belt in jujitsu. He's a doctoral in physical therapy. He's a board clinical uh, certified orthopedic specialist, which means he's got some insight on like uh, skeletal structures, how he's explained it to me. And he's a big uh, functional range conditioning guy. Um, And his programming for me as I, is like late stage PT is all jujitsu specific. So if you Google um, functional range conditioning and read up on, controlled articulate rotations and uh pails and rails it's basically bringing the joint through in its entire range of motion for joint health daily and then if you if you think about end range of motion stuff like if someone's putting you into a kimura yeah that end range motion before you tap he literally has me get into that range and he'll have me stretch there for about two minutes And then for the, the isometric training, he'll have me drive my, uh, hand like away from the Americana for a certain amount of time. Um, and then he'll have me drive the other way. So I'm like, I'm isometrically pressing into something at the end range. And then I'm extending the range. Uh, what do you use for that weights or cables? Um, so for like uh, the Americana, um, you can use like a broomstick handle, uh, you know, like that stretch where you put it behind your arm and you grab it and then you like rotate it forward. Mm-hmm. So if you're holding it and I can drive into that um stick or you can drive into a wall, anything that's stopping you uh from actually getting away from the Americana is fine. Got and it, I can, and I can send you a good article. of. It's uh, by the prehab guys who have a bunch of good uh, stuff um, that explains functional range conditioning because it's new to me, but it makes perfect sense for jiu-jitsu because you want to be able to be strong in those end ranges. And the knees over toes guy is a similar type, uh, type of idea, uh, building strength in those end ranges um, safely. You just have to be really careful not to overdo it. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I just wanted to do splits so I could be like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. right. And um, so I got a split machine. Okay. And I was seeing flexibility gains, but I kept getting, I kept hurting my inner knee. Interesting. You know, every time I tried to do a foot sweep or something, I would pop my inner knee. And then I, I see a lot of people saying you have to be strong in these positions. Yeah. So now have instead you... of just doing the split, I, I get into like that almost split position and hold
1: my own body weight. Yep. Now I don't get injured anymore. That's perfect. It sounded like your knee was just not like the tendons wasn't like um, at the same strength level as maybe your adductors. Do you do much? Uh, have you ever played with a Copenhagen plank where you're putting your leg on a top of a bench and you're kind of like, uh, it's going to be hard to explain, but um, no, I, also, I
0: understand what you're saying. Yeah, uh, inner inner thigh on top of a bench and the yeah. other thigh is just hanging, so you're exactly. working up. It's similar to the machine that the, all the Instagram thoughts use, where they close their
1: legs together. Yeah, pretty similar, except yeah. it's, uh, it's a little bit more or less see, weird. Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the, the fact that you mentioned that you held your own body weight in that end range is kind of what Pails and Rails is. So if you really wanted to strengthen your, your joints uh, in that How do you spell that, Pails and Rails? Yeah, so it's literally P A I L S. P A I L S Uh and then Rails R A I L S. Got it. And this is a page or on Instagram. I'll, I'll send you a link, uh, to, to a great article that explains all this, especially people that are listening that are, that are piqued, uh, interest. Um, there's a bunch of scientific terms and I'm not an expert. This is just something Mike has, um, has, has me doing, Uh but, uh, if, if you relate it to your split stance or your, your split, like John Clark, uh, Dan, Dan, Dam, um, you would get into your max range of motion currently, uh, in a pain-free, uh, position, and so you can't do any more. You're like maxed out on your stretch. And then you would, you would drive your feet into the floor your legs wouldn't move, but you'd be isometrically holding and pushing at about 40 to 50%. And you'll work mm-hmm. your way up to hundred eventually, mm-hmm. but you do that for about 30 seconds. And then for 10 seconds, you do the opposite of getting into the stretch a little bit more. And you'll notice that you'll be able to do a little bit more range of motion. And then you'll do it another time, and a little bit more range of motion. So you're not only getting a little bit better mobility, but you're strengthening your tendons and your joints in that end in range. In that position, and I tell you what, I've been doing it for about three weeks with my shoulders, and they they feel strong as hell right now, and they're still coming back from surgery. So, and who's Mike? Uh, Mike Pikarsky, yeah, Doctor Kickass on Instagram. He's oh, a okay. he's a he's a PT that works with uh, some jiu-jitsu practitioners who are coming back from injury um he worked with andrew Wilty with his back uh that's how nice. i heard about him that's awesome and um, he was on a couple of podcasts so uh yeah it's interesting stuff I, i'm not a fan of stretching uh i hate it i hate stretching with a passion man so this kind of active isometric strengthening and mobility work. Uh, you can do it in like the 90-90 hip position too for internal and external rotation with your hips. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. Uh, it's just And is the program you bought from him? Uh, he's so he's my PT right now. So I actually signed up for three months for him. So he has uh, um, if you go to his Instagram dr underscore kickass and click on uh, his link. Um, he'll have a link to um, some of his stuff, and uh, there's a program called Kin Stretch K I N S T R E T C H, Kin Stretch for Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. And it's his functional range of conditioning, everything we just talked about, um, but for the lower body, so your hips, your knees, your ankles. Um, and it's super interesting. It's like a for me, it, it, I've noticed it's just a more, um, more fun and i feel like it's a more effective way to increase my joint mobility because i don't just want to be super flexible because i used to stretch forever and do tons of routines and i was pretty flexible but i felt like i still got injured on the mat super weak yeah and i felt weaker for sure for sure so this is there is some some two minute holds before you do your isometric type strengthening But that's it. Um, There's no like long stretching things. And it's all in positions that you get compromised in jiu-jitsu with your Kimuras, Americanas, your end range hip stuff. So it's something I'm starting to pepper in a little bit and probably do long term.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, Yeah. You know, one other thing um,
0: that, that, you know, when I when I was powerlifting, Mm -hmm. bodybuilding, I'm like, man, my calves are not going to grow. So I'm just not going to train them anymore. Fuck it. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, i spoke with jimmy house who's a mm-hmm. powerlifter, and uh he, he's all about the knees over toes guy he is yeah, yeah he's like, all about the end range stuff yeah and uh he told me you know your calves are stability muscle for your knees as well so you got to train yeah. your calves and your tibia and yeah. i've been doing that man oh my
1: god my knees feel so much better interesting yeah that upstream downstream stuff i don't train my tibia enough or my calves so but I've never had a lot of knee problems. So I need to, I need to do, you, do better. What do you do for calves and your tibia? Uh, well, so uh, for my calves, I literally don't really train them. I probably should, but I just don't. Um, I, I also have genetically decent calves. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> not, not that they're big, but they're not like small or anything. Um, but for the tibs, uh, if I had that little, um, raise like little device that knees over toes had i would use that yeah you don't but... need to do that i just
0: put my uh i put my heels on a 45 pound plate yeah and then i lift my toes off the ground i'll do like four sets of 50 nice and then i'll do four sets of 50 just body weight calf raises and my legs feel so much better oh perfect yeah i just so pepper I actually... them in
1: with my other leg workouts oh nice you know? i picked that up uh i saw a similar variation on uh Joe DeFranco's franco's rebuilt 2.0 program He does that kind of against the wall where he'll like lean up against the wall and he'll raise his toes. You do your 50 of those. Your legs are burning.
0: Yeah. I, I I tried the against the wall. I don't know. I just don't feel it as much as when I do it upright, but I'll give those more of a try too.
1: Is the 45 just under your, uh, under your heel?
0: Yeah. Right under my heel. And I just lift my, toes off the ground and you get the nastiest freaking pump from that oh nice i also
1: notice a lot in when i do like reverse uh sled drags or uh sled walks where mm-hmm. you're you're walking backwards backwards sled walks uh those fire up my uh the front of my legs too or uh, a dead meal where you're or you're on a treadmill and you're just driving your foot in walking backwards yeah over toes is a big i i get the craziest quad pump and I, like you said your knees feel so much better afterwards
0: Yeah. I wish more people did it. Uh, you know, for a while I saw some people walking backwards on the treadmill, but I see people going back to their regular
1: freaking bodybuilding workouts now. Yeah. (laughs) Which I've, I've, I've slowly transitioned to not bodybuilding stuff. It's more of like, all right, what's my, you know, horizontal pull or what's my (laughs) vertical pull or what's my press. It's like, I just want some big movements that, uh, give me a lot of return on investment and bang for my buck. And then, uh, I don't really. I used to train arms much, but I get so much bicep training with my grip training and all the jujitsu. And now I'm I'm doing uh these bands with the uh, That it's all it's all arms, especially like pull ups. So my biceps get plenty of work. If I start directly hitting them, I'm probably gonna. Oh them. man,
0: I would never. I would have never disagreed with you in my entire life before a few months ago. Yeah, what are you um, doing? Same mentality as you. Like I'm already getting the bicep work, doing uh, pull-ups and rows. You know, uh, what's better for your biceps: rowing 100 pounds or doing 10-pound bicep curls? Right. And, uh, dude, I've been doing curls, uh, and I and and I see a massive, massive difference in my tendons where my forearms meet my biceps. Oh, okay. My rows and pull-ups don't hit that. I do like full range of motion preacher curls and regular curls. Yeah. And I notice it translates very well to body lock passing, taking the back. Oh, interesting. I used to have a lot of pain in that area. Now I don't because <laughs> I'm Fuck. doing curls. I'll throw them back in. Yeah, yeah. I I never did curls because I'm like, bro. So waste it's a waste of time. I'd rather do rows. And uh, pull-ups got my arms looking bigger anyway than curls. But uh, yeah, I'm telling you, man, the curls definitely help.
1: Yeah. I could probably throw them in for at least, uh, one, one, one day a week. Um,
0: well we're about to hit one hour. Uh, yeah. um, usually that's how long I make the show. Cause my, you know, my audience attention spans pretty short. Of course. Um, do you have any, you know, last things you want to say, any message you want to send or any
1: plugs you want to do? Uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, I think I'm going to lean into that cross-training thing, uh, cross-training BJJ, uh, is my, is my Instagram. Um, I also have a, I was figuring out a way to try to share all my content in a nice organized way. And right now I've got a Patreon. It's pretty cheap. It's Mm -hmm. basically links to my, um, Evernote notebooks where I categorize all my videos. Um, working on a certain aspect, like your neck hurts, or your shoulder hurts. Mm -hmm. I've got a great list of mobility and exercises for you. So check that out. Um, and maybe in the future, I'll be uh, taking on some clients to program. So be on the lookout. And then just check out my lead tree for some of the companies I support, like Origin, Iron Neck, uh, Wristball, uh, Grappito, and uh, Vivo Barefoot. So a couple of com- companies that uh, I back and I get a little commission when they use my code. So
0: thank you so much, man. I'll make sure to shout out the Patreon. Guys, check out the Patreon, check out the other pages, and please follow at uh,
1: cross training BJJ. I like it.
0: Thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a real pleasure.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. We had a a great talk and uh, maybe we'll have a part two because it seems like we've got a lot in common. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you so much. Cool. Talk to you later.
0: Well, there you have it guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Make sure to follow Cameron's page. Make sure to follow my page. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a good rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Give it a share on whatever social media you have. And please help support the podcast so I can make more episodes. If you want to contribute to the podcast, please send me a direct message at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. And we could get you as a sponsor on the show. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Mmm.